It's Tuesday, March 12th, 2019. I'm Herbie Newell, and this is the Defender Podcast, a daily encouragement to mobilize and equip the body of Christ to manifest the gospel to orphans and vulnerable children. This study podcast is a ministry of Lifeline Children's Services. I'm coming to you from Birmingham, Alabama. Well, today we are grateful to have one of our great social workers from the great state of North Carolina, Blake Glover, on the podcast. And Blake graduated from Appalachian State University in 2010. Uh, She lives in Gastonia with her husband, Jonathan, and they've been married for three years. She serves our prospective adoptive parents in the Charlotte and Gastonia area in Gaston County as they prepare for their adoption journey uh, by completing their home studies and and serving our post-adopted families once their children have come home. She has the joy and the privilege also of serving women who are experiencing unplanned pregnancies through counseling and support. And so, Blake, we're grateful to have you on the podcast to be able to highlight you and our North Carolina team. So first, will you just tell us a little bit about yourself? Yes, so I'm super excited. Um, Like Kirby said, I graduated from Appalachian State um, in 2010, um, and briefly after that, got married to my husband, Jonathan, who I love so very much, but um, I feel like my life, a lot about me just revolves around ministry, which is um, really fun and really exciting, Um, but I've been involved in a church plant um, here in our community and one of the low-income parts of our community, Um, and so that is a lot of my life um, outside of work is um, ministry with church and um, I serve as the fine missions coordinator there as well and so um, traveling I love to travel Um, I love people I love community Um, I love coffee I love all all of those things so if if you can get me with a big group of my friends on a trip where there's going to be good coffee it's like the best um, case scenario for me so that's a little bit about me and what encompasses um, my favorite things, I guess you could say. Well, I know uh, we certainly are grateful for all that's going on in North Carolina. and We have seen just the Lord's hand as he continues to bring women in crisis our way to give us the opportunity to serve them and know that you've got that ministry heart. So while you certainly enjoy and love our families, I know a big part of our ministry there in Gastonia and the Charlotte area is loving on ladies in the midst of crisis pregnancies. So tell us a little bit more about that ministry and kind of what your work encompasses with Lifeline and how the Lord led you to Lifeline. Yeah, so um, I'll I'll start with how the Lord led me to Lifeline. It's kind of crazy. I was working um, in in one of the major hospitals um, in Charlotte and I've been working there for about two years, and I've just gotten to the point where I I was kind of not living um, passionately, knowing that my job and like my passion, my heart um, were two different things, but knowing that the Lord had me placed there um, for a specific reason, I think that I finally came to terms with, okay, Lord, like, I know that you have me in this place that I don't really enjoy being. I did not like the hospital setting, um, but I knew that the people around me needed Jesus. I worked with a lot of um, people who were not believers, um, and they just needed the hope of Jesus. And so um, once I finally came to terms with like, okay, this is exactly where you want me to be. Um, I don't know what the purpose is outside of obviously bringing them um, to you. And so I just... Once I finally got okay with that, um, it was like this opportunity presented itself. I was actually driving home, sitting in traffic 
Um, and a friend of mine, Levisi, um, who is my now supervisor, had posted um, the job, like the job posting online. And um, she was sharing it and a friend reached out to me and she said, hey, this looks like something that is right up your alley. Like you should check it out. And by the time I had gotten home, it took me about an hour and a half to get home from Charlotte. By the time I had gotten home, I was on the phone with Levisi. And I was like, hey, I'm super interested in this position. This is my heart. This is like a dream that the Lord birthed in me almost 10 years ago. And um, I would love to just share my heart with you. And so we, we, we had a conversation for about 45 minutes and I cried halfway through it. And I thought, I was like, okay, I don't cry all the time, let me see. Um, but this is just, it was like one of those things that the Lord just completely like the only the Lord could do and so it, I think we had a conversation on a Thursday night I had written in my like prayer journal on Sunday um I had kind of been seeking for a new job but knew that there were certain things that um I just needed in a job like I had mentioned earlier I'm a farm the farm missions coordinator at my church and so there were um, I was spending all of my vacation days leading trips out of country and um, and so there were there was that parameter and then just just having flexibility to, to be around my family and to be able to do ministry and something that I loved and um, I'd written that in my journal on Sunday and I had this conversation with Levisi on Thursday and um, the Lord I was just so overwhelmed at his goodness um, that like he could bring me something that like literally I, I couldn't have even dreamed it up but like he did and like he placed it right in front of me and so um, that's kind of like how I was led to Lifeline. I literally, when people say, how did you get that job? I'm like, it was the Lord. Um, and so I didn't know like um, anything like this existed. And so I'm super thankful for the ministry of Lifeline. Um, but that's how the Lord led me here. But um, with uh, these women that we get to work with in our area um, who are experiencing unplanned pregnancy, oh, it's one of my favorite things. I think that um, I didn't realize the weight of just the role until I finally met with like a birth mother for the first time and the weight of like shame and some guilt and um the things that these women carry really like would knock you off your feet I remember when I got in the car after meeting with my first birth mom and I just could not believe like some of the things that that she said um you know just just the weight, like the things that she felt and um, and just her bravery and, and making a decision to place her child and um, make an adoption plan. And, um, and for me to just be able to share like the explicit hope of the gospel with her um, and to say that like, I'm not disappointed in you. Like the Lord is not disappointed in you and nobody's surprised by this. Like he's not surprised by this and he loves you more than um, like you will ever know and like more than I will ever know and so it was like the first glimpse of of really um, how the gospel has played out in in this role and so I'm just like incredibly thankful for um, the opportunity to sit in front of women who are broken and who are hurting um, and who really do need like a fresh touch from the Lord and so for me to for me to be able to bring hope to uh, like a little bit of hope um, to their situation has just been the coolest thing to see God move. And so I hope I answered that question. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. Wow. That, that is uh, so encouraging to see how the Lord first and foremost was working in all the intricate details, leading you 
to Lifeline and, and, and just to know, even for our families that are listening to this, that the Lord is intricately weaving the fabric, not just of their families, but of our staff that's here to support them and here to support these women and working behind the scenes in so many different ways of, of, of bringing these pieces together. And so I know there are families in North Carolina too that have been touched already through the ministry that you've had there. Um, and and I, I love that, 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 that folks are getting to hear the heart of our staff members and especially uh, our staff members that are on the front lines working with birth mothers. But I know you also have the opportunity on the post-adoption side to encourage families going through potential crisis or, or even some growing pains on the other side of inter-country adoption. So talk a little bit about how you are able to encourage families who are on the post-adoption side of their adoption. Yeah, this is what I, I always say, like, this is one of my favorite things because I just love what I get to do um, at Lifeline. So every, every role is the coolest. Uh, but seriously, working with families who are in post-adoption, um, I mean, I, I feel like it's taught me so much about my personal relationship with the Lord. Um, just to see these families love a child who they have not even met yet. Um, and then when a kiddo comes, comes to their home and like seeing this attachment process and this bonding process and like it's like we recognize that it is not easy um it is a huge challenge for families and and for for me one of the things that um i feel like i say constantly to my families is remember like remember your why and um like god you know obviously called you but um and, and to give yourself grace um these parents that I feel like, you know, it, it, it is a challenge and there are days that are hard, but there are also days that are good and to be able to celebrate with them um, is an encouragement, even if it's just the smallest little thing. But I think that um, remembering, putting yourself in, in a spiritual sense of, you know, like this is me, um, like this is who I am, like wanting absolutely nothing to do with the father and my kid, you know, like it, it is such a picture of, us and I, I know that you probably hear that all the time but it is a it is a reflection of like our, our spiritual adoption as as sons and daughters into the kingdom of God and I think reminding families of that and reminding them of their why and reminding them that um to give themselves grace that they are doing the best they can um I think that that has been the biggest encouragement to my families that are that are in the post adoption phase and then just like one, one thing, too, is when, when families are experiencing crisis and a lot of um, just grief, I think just being there for them. Sometimes there's not a lot of things that you can say, um, but just knowing that they have somebody in their corner um, makes all the difference in the world. And so um, I actually had a family who's in post-adoption. I was talking to her today, and she said, I know this sounds kind of punny, and I don't mean this to be corny, but she was like, I really do feel like you guys are my lifeline. Um, and it was so good to hear that because they've had their challenges. I mean, their child's been home for two years and, um, they, they you know, they, they're experiencing a challenge right now that may seem small to some and large to others, but for her to be able to say like, you guys are my lifeline and knowing that like the Lord is first our lifeline, but to know that we get to support and encourage these families and love on them, um, through the good and the bad is just really, really cool. And, um, it really is one of my favorite things. And I know that that's such a, it's such a ministry, and, and I love the, even hearing your heart about that being one of your favorite things, because I know as a ministry, 
we want our families to know that the adoption process is just the warm up. The marathon and the race starts the moment the child comes into your home. Yeah. And so everything hopefully that we're doing in the pre-adoption process and the home study process and rooted in love and in all the training is preparing them for this journey that they're going to be on with their child. And uh, the Lord has just so weaved together such great folks to prepare them, but then has given our staff and our team such a great heart on the other side to care for these families, understanding that our goal and our aim is not just to place kids in the families, but to ultimately help them to thrive and ultimately as well to let the gospel bear out and allow their families to disciple their hearts to come and to know the gospel and the grace of Jesus Christ. So Blake, in that and knowing that you come from a background of of being in crisis situations, even in a hospital, talk a little bit about some resources available to families in crisis after their adoption. And what are some of the best resources that you have found that you would suggest to families? Yeah, I think um, some of the best resources are families who are walking, like who are walking this road. Um, And so it might not be like, I'm here, but I've never adopted. So, you know, like I see what different families go through, um, but I've never actually walked in those shoes. And so there's only like, I feel like there are some, to an extent, like this is as far as I can go, you know, and I, and I can, I can do X, Y, and Z, but um, I, I tell families all the time, like, who do you have, like, even in pre, like, pre-adoption, like, let's look at your support system. Who's your support system? What kind of adoptive families do you know in your area? Because they are, they're really going to be, like, those people that support you and get you through crisis. Um, and so that's one thing um, that we constantly look at with our families. And so, um, so adoptive families in the area, we have several churches in our area who have incredible adoption ministries. Um, and support groups, and um, they have been just an, like an immense like support system for our adoptive families. Um, I think that that's probably the biggest um, because if you don't have support, um, you know it's it's difficult. One thing that we say all the time, like for our birth mothers, um, you know they're in crisis, and so like I could pick up my phone right now and probably call. 150 people who would come to my aid if I needed them but you know like these birth mothers they don't have those people and for our families who are experienced crisis um you know they might not have 100 different adoptive families that they can call and so trying to identify those those people um for them and then I think too we we encourage um counseling and therapy especially for parents um we we think it's a good thing um support groups um, and then there's all kinds of, you know, therapy, but we, thankfully, like, we live close to Charlotte and even Raleigh um, and different areas like that where there are um, great support groups and um, therapists and things like that in our area. But I would say support groups are the biggest um, and it's like a specific focus on, like, um, families who have adopted previously. Amen. Well, <clears throat> Blake. We, uh, we're grateful for you and the ministry that the Lord allows you to have here. As we close, just tell folks, how can, they, how can folks in North Carolina specifically get in touch with you and our North Carolina office? And how would you encourage people to get folks engaged with our team in North Carolina? Yeah, I, um, specifically, um, I think that just um, 
if like if there's people that you know who are even interested in the slightest um, about adoption or um, if you know a birth mother who is experiencing unplanned pregnancy or anything like that or who's in crisis, um, definitely I would love to, to connect with them. Um, but I think that, that most importantly, you know, people can, there's, there's so many, there's like a, a wild statistic out there that I cannot think of the number off the top of my head, but there's so many Christian families who will consider adoption, but they don't follow through because they just don't have the information that they need. And so, um, I would love to like bridge that gap for families. I feel like that's one of my goals, um, is just to, to be the person in the community who knows about adoption, who can talk about that with families. So, yeah, I mean, they could definitely connect with me through like email or phone call um, or even Levacy too in this area. And then we have several other social workers across the state that would love to just um, connect with you guys and answer any questions that they may have. Well, we would totally love to help your family. If you're in North Carolina, like Blake has said, you can always reach out to our team. You can always email us at info at lifelinechild.org. You can call our main number at 205-967-0811 and ask to speak with Levesey or Blake or anyone on our North Carolina team. And certainly if you live in the Raleigh-Durham area or the Charlotte-Gaston County area, we'd love to connect with you face-to-face, -face, connect with your church, uh, get in, let you know a little bit more about how you can get engaged with the Ministry of Lifeline. But certainly anywhere, even outside of North Carolina, we stand ready and willing to help you and your family in the call that the Lord may be putting on your life to foster care or to adoption or to caring for a child in need. And then certainly, please always connect us that we can be of any help with birth mothers in the, in the wake of a crisis pregnancy. And at Lifeline, we work with uh, many, many more women and help walk them through their pregnancy than will ever place for adoption. So we want to be there for women to help them see life given to their child and then also connect them to resources should they choose to parent so that they can be on the best foot possible on the parenting journey or help them always if they're looking for adoption. Well, thank you so much, Blake, for being with us and for sharing your story. And we're grateful to the Lord for you and for all of our team in North Carolina. Thanks for listening to the Defender Podcast. For more information or to connect with me, please visit HerbieNewell.com. To partner with Lifeline, visit LifelineChild.org. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook by searching for Lifeline Child. You can email us directly at info at LifelineChild.org. Beloved, will you allow God to use the gospel through you to impact the life of the child? Please contact us because we are here to defend the fatherless. We'll see you again tomorrow for the Defender Podcast.